You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Crystal, and I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today, I'm your host. Hello, and welcome to the Evolution Exchange live event. I'm Crystal from Evolution Australia, and I will be your host for today's Women in Tech event. We'll be diving deep into the power of female perspectives. So today we've got three power women with us and they are experts and leaders in the tech space. They will be sharing their insights on the importance of gender diversity, what organizations can do to encourage this and how we can amplify the voices of women in tech. So without further ado, let's get into some introductions. Prachi, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Prachi here, uh, she, her, hers. Um, I have been in the tech industry for last almost 23 years. I have worked across multiple countries and in many multinational companies. I have two beautiful kids and a fur baby. I live in Sydney and I live with my husband and family here. And um, I would like to start by thanking Evolution Australia for ask, giving me this platform to share my views and my thoughts on this topic, which is very close to my heart about uh, female in tech and their perspective. How, how does it bring a difference? Um, I, I, re- I really would like to make a world which when my daughter goes and starts looking for a job and or she wants to do something of her own, she feels that she's welcomed and she belongs there and then she gets uh, fair treatment and uh, treated respectfully. So that's that's why it's something very close to my heart. So yeah, thanks. Thanks, Crystal, for having me here. I love that, Prachi. Very sweet. And Georgie? Thank you, Crystal. So I'm Georgie Hubbard, and I've been working in tech recruitment now for the last 10 years. Um, uh, six years ago now, I started my own business, CH Talent Solutions. And when I started that business, I always had really good intentions to really make as much, you know, just impact as I possibly could, making sure there was diversity in the shortlist I was sending, advising clients on how to hire for diversity and retention for, for women in tech. And then a year ago, I really wanted to take those really good intentions with the recruitment company. And I started Sisterhood Club to really, I guess, just empower, elevate and educate women, just really give them a platform to show their stories. Um, so I launched my podcast to elevate their voices. We run events to put them on panels and to share all of the incredible things that they're doing and and to really encourage more females into technology because I feel like it's such a fantastic industry. I feel like it offers so much to the women that I know personally in the industry right now. So I just want to make sure that the future is inclusive, the future is diverse and that there is gender balance within technology and we all get a say in the future and a seat at the table. So that's a little bit about me and um, thanks, for, thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to um, have this conversation and honored to be um, with you all. So thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Georgie. Um, and Cheryl, would you like to go next? Yes, I would. So my name is Cheryl Yeo, she, her, hers. Uh, I'm a technical pro- program manager in PwC Australia, and I lead the delivery of technology refresh or transformational projects for government clients. Um, the other hat that I wear is as a volunteer. I volunteer for Big ICT for Women as the program lead for the amazing Grad Girls program. Uh, it is a free program and we equip 
empower and inspire female higher education students who are studying ESIM courses, and we help them kickstart their career in the tech industry. Um, a little about me, I came over to Melbourne in 2010, where I, after a few years, met my husband, and I have since been blessed with a little child. So I'm also a mom to a giant dog, a staghound, and a moggy cat. And I'm really, really glad to be part of this Indian Life event to talk about the about increasing gender equity within the tech workforce. So definitely a passion subject for me. So thanks for having me as well. So. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm really excited for our discussion topics. Uh, thank you so much for the introduction so far. So let's just kick things off with our first discussion topic. What unique strengths do women bring to the world of technology? Hachi, would you like to go first with this one? Yeah, sure. So I think um, if it, if I think in tech space, what I feel is uh, most of the products when they are conceptualized or they are designed, they're always designed with the customer persona, which is mostly male. That's how we start with the whiteboard design. So there is there is a there is not equal representation of women. So some of the very classic examples is if we I was doing some research few days back and I saw across like that in voice recognition systems and there was this when Google launched their voice recognition system it was identified that it worked 70% better with the male voice as compared to the woman and similarly when Apple they launched their health tracking system way back in 2014 they had included a lot of things like your weight your steps and even their copper intake and things like that but they had not included a simple thing, something that every woman wants to use is the period tracking. So you could see that there is not enough female voice when all of these things are done. So I think when you include females in the tech industry, we bring a completely diverse opinion, a diverse point of view of how we think, how we, what are our requirements. That is totally get overlooked. So I think if we could bring more diversity into our technical teams, we can get the diverse viewpoint from all the other groups as well, and we can design our products better. And I think uh, another point that I would like to add is that uh, it's, I think it's, uh, I, I would say that it's like a known fact that we are better at multitasking. Can I say that? <laughs> and time management. <laughs> so that's what I also believe that, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that males don't do it but I think I somehow believe that uh, we wear so many hats in our daily life that we are really good at it so that's also something that is very useful for the technical uh, programs or technical organizations to bring in that kind of diversity as well so yeah I think uh, that's what is my two key points I love that I, I agree I personally think that female and male have different strengths and weaknesses but yeah just personal I guess personal opinion and Georgie, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with everything that um, Prachi just said. I think it's just really important as a business to have diversity of thought. I think when we think about the services and the products that we're creating, we're not just creating them for one gender. So just having that the thought process that a female has versus a male has and just having both of them come to the table, you're going to create better products and services. So I think this is why diverse, diverse teams are so important. 
And there's so much research coming out now about how having diversity in your organization is better for business, it's better for profit, it's better for innovation. So it's not just like a tick box exercise, oh, it's nice to have a female on the team. Actually, this is fantastic for business. Um, and, and like like Prati just said, I think, you know, women have a different skill set to men. I think women are... Um, you know, we are naturally sort of more, I guess, nurturing by nature. So we sort of can bring a bit more of a different, I guess, approach to leadership and management. But look, I, I just think that it's just so important for businesses now to be thinking about who they're servicing. And, and women are they're, they're big consumers as well. So you want to make sure that when you are developing product services, you are developing them for both genders and have that diversity of thought in your business is absolutely crucial, um, in my personal opinion. Yeah, totally agree with that. Cheryl, anything to add to that? Absolutely. Um, I'll echo both Prachi and Georgie and what they've said. And I think that women are naturally nurturing. But I'll firstly say that whatever we speak about today, I think it's in generalized terms. So we're not saying that all women are nurturing, nor are we saying that men are not nurturing. Some men are very, very nurturing. And some women may not be as nurturing. And that's okay. We are all individuals and we respect each other for our own values and personalities and characteristics. So even though today I'm going to use the label woman or women a lot, I would love for our listeners to understand that it's not meant to be a blanket or sweeping statement. But bringing it back to the question about the unique strengths that women bring to the world of tech, I think women are naturally nurturing and that leads to empathy. And I find that empathy brings out creativity in people. So when we listen to others and we nurture their ideas, we bring out opinions that may otherwise be unsaid. And quite often women, myself included, don't think that our voice or our opinion is worth interrupting someone else over. I mean, someone else is speaking, um, maybe I'll just not say it this time. Or maybe we think it's not worth someone's time. You know, we don't give ourselves enough credit. And in the workplace, more often than not, there is often no time to coax this information out. But if if women felt they could be themselves, to be a woman, to have that strength that we that comes with us in nurturing, I feel and I believe that our natural tendency to notice what's not said, what's left unsaid, would give people the opportunity for their ideas to flow. And and, and I think that that this relates to how sensitive women are. And and I don't mean sensitive in a negative way. Women are really sensitive to other people's needs and feelings. We, We can see how other people are reacting to something or how they're affected by a situation. And we therefore become, you know, naturally more inclusive. And and we all know now, what does being inclusive do? It, It brings out diverse thought, which leads to greater creative solution. So that that's what I think the power of women is in the workplace. I absolutely love that. And Cheryl, you did make a point there when you started that although we are speaking about women, we are not disregarding men. And this brings me to a question from the audience, actually, um, from Pauline. She asks, how do we ensure that gender is irrelevant? Interesting question. Does anyone want to take this on board? Um, I love that question because I think the ideal world is a world with no genders. What's that song? That song about, you know, we live in a world that has uh, no no color, no gender, no race, no biases. That would be the perfect world. 
But how do we get there is a very pertinent question. And I think it's a very big discussion. And I don't think everyone has all the answers or even some of the answers. I feel that if we begin to talk about it, to talk about the diversity that we all come with, and you can see in this call alone, we may all be women, but we all have different races or heritage or the, the way we speak is different as well. Once we respect those differences, I believe gender or any diverse value or characteristic becomes irrelevant. Yeah, I think just to add to that as well, Sharon, I absolutely agree with everything you just said there. It's that we don't live in an ideal world, unfortunately, because you know, I just I just look at people and take them as they are, right? Regardless of gender, regardless of, you know, characteristics, anything, where they come from, their background. But unfortunately, we do live in a society where a lot of things are caught, not taught. And a lot of it is sort of stems from our childhood. It stems from social society's messages. I think it's really, really important to be aware of our unconscious bias because generally people will naturally sort of want to hire and be around people that look, sound like them. And that doesn't make you a bad person. But I think the first thing we need to do is become aware of it. And I think once you're aware of something, you have the power to change it. And I think that's something that we can all do better of just being a bit more self-aware of like, oh, that's interesting. Why am I more attracted to that person? Or why am I giving that person more time in the boardroom? Or, you know, it's just really important to be aware of these things um, in the workforce, I believe. So, yeah, I just, it's a really, really good question. Like, and, and someone said to me the other day, why do we need to have women panels? And why do we need to talk about this? It's like, well, we're going to have to keep on talking about it until it does change. Because at the end of the day, there's still a long way to go. There still is things that happen in the workplace that isn't good enough, like the gender pay gap, for example. That's not good enough. So we do need to talk about these issues until things change. And as, until things change, we will continue having conversations because it brings awareness to these really important topics. Yeah, no, I think the the key is, I think, to change all of this, our self, our, some of these biases that are inherently built is to have diversity. If you have diverse, I think it wouldn't matter what gender, what race, what ethnicity, what religion, nothing would matter because everybody will be represented equally. And that is where the gender, I believe, will become irrelevant. But as you said, uh, Georgie, it's right. Until we strike that balance, we will continue to talk about these topics. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely agree with that. Thanks for the question, Pauline. We'll just bring it back to... Um, talking about women again <laughs> so the next question I have here is what can organizations do to create an environment that encourages the retention and advancement of women in tech I think I'm I'm, I'm first up here so um so yeah I think it's a really important question because it it does start internally before it can go externally and I get asked a lot from clients, I want to attract more women into my business. And I'm, and then the, my first question is, well, what are your policies? What are your procedures? What are your culture? I think the first thing is obviously to look at that culture and really ask yourself the question, do I have a culture of inclusivity? Is everybody seen? Is everybody heard? Is everyone paid equal? Um, these are things to sort of really sit down and ask yourself. And maybe, you know, you could even ask your current employee, employees and say, you know, what's it like to work here? Do a bit of a pulse check, do a bit of a survey, find out what your people are saying. What is it actually like to work within the four walls of your organization? Because once you get that internal piece right, that's when you can start bringing more people into your business. But until you really understand what your culture is, I think it's you're going to constantly have problems with people coming in, not enjoying it, leaving. And then that creates a bit of a toxic culture. So 
Well, one thing I think that um, one of our clients has done really, really well is 7-Eleven. Um, they recently um, put together an employee resource group, which is women in tech, and they meet up every single month. Um, it's a small group of women. It actually starts at nine. Now it's grown to 29. And, and I was actually in the offices the other week and we were talking actually about imposter syndrome and how it holds us back. It was a really good session. But what what that's done by by starting that employee resource group is it's really started to build this fantastic culture within the organization where women are coming together every month, sharing their ideas, starting to build the confidence to speak up a little bit more, put their hands up. And that's actually then having an impact in their day to day when they're sort of in bigger boardrooms or they're, you know, they're actually starting to now find their voice a bit more. So employee resource groups, I, from what I've seen and experienced, are absolutely fantastic. And um, yes, yeah, 7-Eleven have done that really, really well. The, the other thing I would say is um, female representation really does matter. We can't be what we can't see. And when people are coming to your organization, they are going to go on your website. And if you have all you know, white middle-aged men on your board, um, or if you've got, you know, the same gender in C-suite positions, that could be something to look into. So, you know, really think about how could you give your uh, employees and, and, your, and the women in your business a voice? Could you share their stories on your social media platform? Could you enable them, you know, like PwC and Domain are doing to speak on a and a, a topic like this and, and speak on LinkedIn lives. Like, I think it's really, really important to encourage them to do that because then by listening to the females in the business, then you're going to attract more females into the business because women will go to the LinkedIn profiles. They'll go to the website and say, oh, look at the leadership team. That looks like a great company to work for. So these are just a few things. But honestly, I just think that it it isn't going to happen overnight, but it's these small little steps that you take that can have such huge impacts, but you're really having an inclusive culture, try employee resource groups and female representation. Make sure that, you know, you are looking at who you're promoting and who's in, who's in these leadership roles. And, and another thing that I've seen done well recently is unconscious bias training. You know, make sure that everyone in your business does is trained and educated on what they could be doing better as well. So they're just a few things that sort of have come to mind from that sort of retention piece that I've seen works, works well. But um, yeah, I think role models is really, really important when it comes to that retention piece and thinking about who could you have in your organization that could be a mentor to other women as well. But I, I'd love to hear from Pratchett and Crystals. I'm sure you've got some incredible ideas on this as well. So yeah, over to you as well. Um, so earlier I mentioned in my intro that I volunteer for a nonprofit organization called Big ICT for Women. We have five programs to attract, uh, retain and grow women in tech. And uh, shout out in the comments if you want to know more about this program. Um, the program I lead is called Grad Girls. And I believe that if we can influence the retention and advancement of women in tech by first helping students who have not yet joined the workforce or joined the tech industry, to understand how to navigate the current landscape, I think that that is as important as retaining and growing people already in the workforce. So if we can start it right, I think we can continue it right, if this what I'm trying to say, right? So I'll start by saying to all working professionals out there listening that you can influence the companies you work for with a very simple change. Now, it is pretty common knowledge by now, I think, that 
when a woman looks at a job description, they may look at it and say, oh, I can do seven out of 10 of them. I'm not suited to apply for this job. Well, men may look at the same job description. Again, not all men, right? I'm saying some men. They may look at it and say, I can do three out of 10. I'm perfect for this job. Application sets, right? Now, one of our sponsors of Brad Girls, Logical, is that amazing sponsor that really believes in, you know, a diverse culture. They told us that what they do to attract female talent is that they put into their job descriptions that applicants only need to meet X number of responsibilities. So like four, you only need to meet four out of these 10 responsibilities. How simple yet brilliant is this idea, right? So working people or hiring managers, if you are keen on increasing the number of women in your company, start by telling your companies to add this simple one-liner into your job ads. And the other thing I wanted to share was that I recently learned, and this was this really blew me blew me off my chair, right? That confidence does not correlate with competence. And and from what I can tell, um, many women believe that confidence is the same as being arrogant. It's not, and because women struggle to portray confidence, that unconscious bias, we are now perceived as having no competence right? Even though confidence is not the same as competence. And I think that now that I've said this, when you think about the people that you've seen in a room where perhaps they come across really confident, but after talking to them for a period of time, you realize oh, maybe they don't really know everything or what they're saying is maybe very surface level. You spend the time to speak to someone else and you realize that their competency is actually really great, but they may not be very good in expressing themselves. So can we, as hiring managers, can we change the way we interview people or can we change the way we performance review our staff so that our goal is, is not to understand how confident someone is, but our goal is to understand how competent someone is. If we can shift the focus away from an expected portrayal of self to actual capabilities, I think that someone joining a company that begins in an interview that focuses on competency rather than how you demonstrate, you know, your your confidence levels, they don't you think that they would stay on? You would retain those people because they know that it's going to be a supportive and inclusive culture and environment. Yeah, the beautiful points, Cheryl. I completely resonate with what uh, Georgie and Cheryl shared here. Um, yeah, I think those are points that would come to my mind as well. And I was just thinking a little deep. And I was also thinking like creating that safe zone where uh, women or people from diverse backgrounds could come and um, bounce off their ideas. That's very important. I think we all know that, like, as you mentioned, Cheryl, that we might have a lot of competency, but we might not have confidence to come out and speak in public or in a big meeting. I think um, that is where if we can create a safe zone for women to come and share their ideas, uh, what they are thinking that bounce off each other. OK, this is what I'm thinking. This is the issue. I think creating that safe zone is really important. So that is where some of those groups come in, that employee groups come in and at Domain we are. I'm, I'm very proud to say that we are very inclusive kind of a company. So there, there is a separate group for women in tech where a lot of such kind of things happens where people can come and share what they're doing, what are they thinking, uh, some 
so I, I think it's it's very important to have th- those kind of safe zone for women to come and talk about it openly and not worry about being judged or uh, somebody trying to mock them or anything like that it's just yeah this is what i think and build that confidence so that when i go into any executive leader position or in the board meeting i can go claim my place and i can be confident and i can share and talk about what i'm thinking what are my ideas or what my take on any of the things that is getting discussed during the meetings i think it's it's very important it just helps to let women settle down and feel more confident about themselves expressing themselves so i think that's very good and also mm-hmm. i would like to say that um, we we talk a lot about like uh, mentorship that's that's the first thing that comes like when you help women um retain and all of that i think we need to go a little beyond mentorship maybe um talk about sponsorship if i if i if i find that okay the so and so person is so talented i think i should instead of becoming the mentor of the person i should try to become the sponsor so the why i say sponsor is that is where i can invest my time to mentor that person but also set them up for success like if there are avenues where i can go promote this person okay yeah so and so person is very talented and we should give this opportunity i can become their sponsor i can promote them i can help them grow open the doors which are closed so i think yeah so moving away from mentorship maybe or having a more mentor plus sponsorship kind of roles would also help to have um, women uh, grow like further in the, their careers i think that's that's also one of the key points that i think and yeah I, and showcasing some of your women leadership uh you already talked about it george i think um, previously where uh, you said that yeah if you have a share their stories talk about what they have brought on the table and just motivate so i, I think I, like it's it's very easy for us like to feel motivated if we see a role model yeah uh, she's doing it she's doing so great yeah they become role model especially for people who are just entering into the workforce it, it's it's good to have some role models in the company i think that would be wonderful yeah yeah well that i completely agree In my in my career I've had a few mentors before um both male and female and I think it's so important to have a female mentor because their perspectives are completely different to the male and you'd learn so so much just by comparing the two and making a decision for yourself like if what's right so I love that um before we jump on to the next question we do have a question here from the audience from Jade Lee she asks From your personal experiences, what have been the main challenges or barriers you have faced as a woman in the tech industry and how did you overcome them? Very good question. Anyone want to kick off with this one? Yeah, I can take it if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I um so I think I've I'll go back to the point which uh, Cheryl was mentioning sometime back like um I wasn't confident enough like okay I I don't know enough um maybe if I speak I'm going to say something wrong that kind of a thing I I think that was one of the barriers that I had in my mind you know that but I saw my other colleagues they were openly discussing they were not hiding behind and they were not trying to shy away from the fact that they don't know enough but I was a little hesitant to say that okay I don't know enough and what if I say that people might judge me that yeah I'm not good enough kind of a thing but yeah I I think uh, going ahead and openly talking about that okay i don't understand this i need somebody to help me clarify it i think that that kind of sort of opens the conversation and you are able to get the understanding so i think that is that is what 
I felt like when I started my career, that is one thing that I was struggling. I wasn't really very open in asking help or sh- saying my thoughts in the meetings or things like that. So I think, um, yeah, over a period of time, I recognize, okay, this is something that I'm missing. It doesn't hurt if I say that. People are not going to judge me. So yeah, slowly and slowly I have started shying, like I've started to go away from that shying and uh, coming out and to- talking openly. So I think that has really helped me um, to connect and uh, to work efficiently with my colleagues, I would say. For, for me, I think the main challenges and barriers have been self-inflicted. Um, that's imposter syndrome. That's the thought that you're not good enough or that self-doubt, the overthinking paralysis, analysis paralysis, right? Um, and for me, I think one of the biggest challenges I had was that um, I'm quite shy and I know I may not come across as shy and I worked really hard to to not come across as shy, um, but it was really hard for me to build a network. Um, you know, it was easier for me to stay in a safe job, a comfortable job and not challenge myself to grow. And And I watched opportunities pass me by. You know, and it was both men and women passing me by because that was a self-inflicted thing. I did this to myself. The minute I learned from one of my mentors and sponsors um, that if you put yourself out there, if you show up, opportunities will come to you, right? And to network, how I overcame that fear of networking was very often I would just take a deep breath and I would just go out there and I would just say hello. And once I even forgot my own name because I was so terrible. <laughs> but you know what? What I realized from that one experience where I forgot my own name was that I I didn't, it wasn't detrimental. Nothing bad happened. And once I realized, or once I didn't immediately realize it, it took a few tries before I realized it. Once I realized that there's no uh, impact to going up to a stranger and saying hello. But once I realized that rejection is not, the fear of rejection is 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 it's not a real thing like you impose that on yourself a person may reject saying hello to you because they may be busy they may have a call coming in they may be really stressed about something else it may not be about you once you realize that it's not always you it helps you move past that fear so for me learning to network was one of the biggest and most uh, beneficial challenges that i overcame because it gave me a lot of opportunities that i have today yeah, I, I could completely relate to what both of you have said as well, Prachi and Crystal. I think I think for me, it was just that whole communication piece. And I was really, yeah, I guess like worried about getting something wrong, fear of being judged, not having the confidence. But one thing I did that uh, really helped me was I did uh, Toastmasters. I don't know if anyone's done that. Comment in the chat if you've done it. But I did it for um, almost a year. And I literally remember the first time I had to stand up and do a speech. And my whole body was shaking. I was stumbling over my words. But after I had done that, it it was just the confidence that grew from that. And I think people wait to do things until they feel confident. And confidence is a skill that comes from courage. It comes from putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. That's how you build the confidence because you start to stack up the evidence to say, I've done this before, I can do this again. And every time you put yourself out there, like 
to speak on a panel or to do a podcast or whatever it is, you slowly but surely start to build that trust in yourself. And from that trust builds the confidence and the self-belief. So it is a process, but once you start, you won't want to stop because you'll just constantly just get that sense of achievement. And one book that really helped me as well was The Courage to Be Disliked. Um, I can't remember the author, I'll have to find out, but it was a fantastic book about how you just do not really care about what people are going to say about you and don't be worried about judgment and you've got to live your life for you and don't let it hold you back. And obviously, I'm sure we're all really familiar with Brene Brown's work about if you're not in the arena, then, you know, your opinion doesn't matter to me. So Brene Brown is absolutely incredible as well. All of her work on vulnerability is just fantastic. So I think, yeah, it's just constantly having the courage to put yourself out there and putting yourself in in uncomfortable positions because growth and confidence comes from being outside of your comfort zone. And that's what I'm constantly learning and trying to do more of. So yeah, definitely had some um, some challenges in my time, but I'm gratefully not allowed them to hold me back because I'm constantly just working on growth as much as possible. Yeah, I love that. Um, anything else anyone wants to add before we dive into the next question? Okay, brilliant. Great question as well, by the way. Yeah. So the final question we have here is, how can we amplify the voices of women and their role in shaping the industry's future? Cheryl, would you like to start with this one? Absolutely. For me, before you can amplify the voices of women, you must first be heard. And to quote Brene Brown, just as you said, if you're not even in the arena, your opinion doesn't matter. So to be heard, you have to have a voice. And to have a voice, you must first show up. And throughout the Grad Girls program, I've repeatedly said to the students that all you need to do is show up. You don't need experience. You don't need extremely good grades and high qualifications. You don't. All you need to do is show up. And there's this quote from Brené Brown that I've said many, many times to our team. Sometimes the bravest and most important thing that you can do is just show up. And another quote that comes to mind is from Woody Allen. And Woody Allen says, 80% of success is showing up. And how true is that? Some of my opportunities have come about simply because I took a deep breath and said hi to someone. And I developed a connection, which eventually led to something. And I believe that in order to reshape the industry, the tech industry, to have more women and more voices heard, we need to ensure that we have future female leaders having that voice. And to do that, we must first show up. Yeah, I can I completely agree. Um, and again, like this is exactly why I started Sisterhood Club because I wanted to create a safe space uh, for women to share their stories. And you know, like I said at the start, you, I don't believe you can be what you can't see. Um, so Sisterhood Club is really on a mission to amplify women's voices. So we have a podcast where we interview women um, and basically just get them to tell their stories about their careers, what it's like to work in technology. And and really, I think then it sort of inspires other people to go, oh, it's not just a man in a hoodie in a basement coding away. Like these are incredible women that are absolutely crushing it in their careers, leading teams. Um how inspiring and then it just sort of paves the way for other people to come through 
And then I think, you know, events like this is really important. And again, it's, it's creating a safe space for women to share their ideas, their voices, their thoughts, their opinions. And then also, I guess, panels. We make sure that, you know, we are having diversity on panels at tech events. And again, another reason why I started Sister Club is that I was the, I guess, the token female at a lot of these events. And I thought, um, I'm not really... We're really enjoying this um so we're just that's again why we start sister club and we have our sisterhood club socials where we have a panel of women and it just the events have got more and more popular because i think it's just again that creating that safe space for women to come together and share their thoughts and put their hands up and again just feel inspired by the people that are speaking and um yeah it's just really really important for visibility and to amplify the voices and and listen listen to everyone's different thoughts and opinions and views because we can learn so much when we actually listen to people so yeah that's my thoughts it's, but it's so important to listen to female voices and a variety of female voices not just one so that's also really important as well no i think that's yeah that's i, I completely agree with what you said um, georgie is like we, we need to encourage storytelling like encourage women to come and share their stories, uh, their stories of success, their stories of failures, how they handle the situation. That is what is going to encourage more women to come and be part of, like you said, Cheryl, show up. Like, yeah, I, I, I saw somebody, I felt motivated and I'm going to do this. Uh, that's, so if we encourage those kind of storytelling sessions where people come and share their, or women come and share their stories of their struggles, of their success, how, what have they gone through how have they achieved uh, success that that would be very motivating uh, for a new generation who's going to enter the workforce or the existing one as well <laughs> it's always encouraging and uh, also like uh, i would say recognize and i would say share uh, the success stories by the organizations create role models within your organizations like go and talk about them how they have created positive impact, how they have had positive impact in something that they have contributed to the company. So that that would encourage a lot of uh, women in technology like to, yeah, I, I can do it. If somebody else is doing it, I can as well do it. So that that's, I, I think these are the small steps and like forums like this, this panel discussion like this, this is, this is so good where we are coming and talking about what we have experienced or how we can make a change. I think these kind of platforms are giving women voice as well, where we are sharing our thoughts. So I think all of this together would definitely amplify the women voices in technology industry. I agree. Just being a part of this discussion makes me feel so like warm and empowered. Like one thing I'd absolutely love is women empowering women. And you guys can see in the comments and the chat, like everyone is so supportive and it's, I feel like it's just such a beautiful space. It feels safe. Like we can say what we want. We can share our thoughts. Um, absolutely love that. Is there anything else that anyone wants to touch on or anyone in the audience? If you have any questions, we've got a few more minutes left. So, um, some time ago, um, at PwC, you know, they were asking us to share about why we're passionate about cracking the code to build a gender equal future, if memory serves me right. And I remember posting what it meant to me to, to crack this code. And for me, it was um, everything Frashi and Georgie said, actually. Uh, it was my ABCs, authentic, 
brave, creative. And I think that being authentic is really hard because it requires you to be vulnerable, to be transparent and to put yourself out there. And all while feeling someone's judging you. I always feel like someone's judging me. And I think that's self-inflicted as well. Like I've, I've imposed that on myself and it's in my head. But I think it's also important that we acknowledge that this is true for many people. Yeah. And we have to remember that authenticity is not about being perfect. In fact, it's, it's far from it. It's, it's about being genuine and real, being able to acknowledge failures, you know, telling that story of your life authentically and genuinely. And all of us, naturally, we can do this. All of us have this. Um, to, to be authentic, that's the B for me, to be brave. It, it, to be authentic, you require yourself to be brave. And it takes courage to be true to yourself. And I think it's important that we're kind to ourselves because it takes time to build up this courage. And as you grow in vulnerability, and, and I think Brené Brown talks about vulnerable, vulnerability a lot, and she admits that she's not the most vulnerable person. In fact, she really struggles with it. But everyone thinks like she's like the patron saint of vulnerability. And she, she says, I'm not. I'm not. I'm openly admitting that I struggle with it. And, and to be vulnerable, to be authentic, requires us to be brave. Um, and the C for me is creative, because I think that it's important that we ourselves are open to, to ideas, to unexplored conversations, you know, like that diverse conversation that Georgie was saying earlier. We need to be open to that in order to grow our creativity. And, and when we are open to that, we end up trying new things. We end up looking at how someone does something and mimicking it. And then realizing that, you know what, that really resonates with me. And, and I think that these ABCs for me, something that I try to practice every day and very often I fail, very often I fail to meet my own ABCs and I, and that's okay. That's absolutely okay. The idea is to get your own ABCs or your XYZ, whatever you, whatever your mnemonic is. And I think that that helps you have that voice helps me have that voice. And that's why I really was very keen to do this podcast, even though it, I was so nervous about it. <laughs> tell everyone knows how nervous I was before this. But I wanted to do this because unless we have a voice, we're not heard. Nothing will change. Yeah, I, I, I just completely agree with everything you just said there, Cheryl. And this is why it's really important to encourage one another as well, because... This is how we make change. We're not going to make change by sitting quietly. And I think, you know, this is this is stuff that we were probably taught at school. You know, put your hand up to speak and, you know, good, you know, girls, be quiet at the back. You know, so it's really important, I think, for women to encourage other women to speak as well. And then just touching upon our male allies as well, because men always say, what can I do? And I think, you know, there's so many incredible male allies out there as well that, you know, just just listen just listen and and be aware of you know any potentially unconscious bias but we need our male allies and there's some incredible men out there as well that have definitely helped me in my career and I just want to say that and even at Sisterhood Club when we ran our event recently a couple of men came and said am, am I welcome and I and I'm, can I come in I'm like absolutely come on in we need you in here we need you listening we need you as part of this conversation as well because that's how we're also going to drive change by yes empowering other women as well but also making sure that men are 
very much involved in this conversation as well. So again, like you said at the start, Cheryl, it's not just us talking about women empowerment. It's like, let's all work together to make sure that there is gender balance um, and appreciation and empowerment. That's that's what's gonna that's what's really gonna drive this forward as well. If both genders work together as well, not I don't want conflict. So I just wanted to add that in because so many people say to me, "Oh, what can I do as a man?" I'm like, just just show up, just listen, just absolutely you know there's some wonderful men out there as well right absolutely some of my best advocates are men who believe yeah. correct gender exactly exactly yeah no, yeah it's it's like we can't like it's 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 not like it's it's general it's not good to generalize like not every man is bad yeah there are a lot of supporting people like yeah around there in all our careers and there will be so many good stories as well um what i think is like be kind to yourself don't undermine your capabilities don't feel that you're any less i think that is key for our like you were talking about your like self inflicted more harm than inflicted uh more than actually anybody else doing it like i was talking about i wasn't feeling confident so be kind to yourself don't don't think overthink about yeah am, am i good enough no you are good enough just show up and make sure that your voice is heard there are many people who are waiting for your uh, inputs like they will appreciate if you talk so yeah just just be kind to yourself and uh, have courage yeah completely agree with that so we've got time for one more question and we just had one coming from Hannah um she asks How do you develop your leadership skills when you are working? So I'm taking this. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was going to say I I'm always learning. So any opportunity I get to listen to a podcast, read a book, put myself on a course, I always take it. So if I'm commuting for example, I'll be listening to a podcast. If I'm running, I'll be maybe listening to a course. So I I'm just constantly stacking things together. in whatever form I can because I think we all live really busy lives but just carving out a little bit of time each week to work on ourselves is so important and that's from a leadership point of view from a career point of view I think working on ourselves and becoming the best versions that we can be is is really important so I I try and stack as much things together um and, and just constantly be learning in in any opportunity that I get to just put my headphones in or you know just just constantly be reading and just i guess soaking up as much knowledge as i possibly can but that's personally what i do i'm just constantly listening and learning at any given opportunity i think that feedback loop is really important and talking about unique skills about women um i think that women accept feedback a lot better i think we want that feedback we crave it maybe to an unhealthy level let's just put it out there right but we do really well with feedback when we get feedback we want to work on it so i would say hana to develop your leadership skills while you're working or while doing anything really that's not necessarily just a working thing is to get feedback to ask for it actively ask for feedback i just finished this presentation what is what are your thoughts about it what would you have done differently how could i have improved i thought that this part didn't go well can you share a little bit more of your thoughts about this things like that like it, it makes a very big difference that feedback loop and i think it's important to refine so if you do agile methodology that's the retro at the end right 
sitting down and reflecting on something is really important. Sitting down and journaling and understanding what you've done, what went right and what didn't go right. It's very important to not just talk about what went wrong. It's very important to talk about what went right because you want to keep doing that. So I think that one of the ways to do it is to put yourself out there, to show up, actually do it, get your feedback, refine it, rinse and repeat. And for me, one of the best ways to do this and to expand my skills, not just in leadership, but through you know, all sorts of transferable skills is to volunteer. So the volunteer work that I do allows me to expand and flex my muscles, you could say, in skills that I may not normally use in my day job. So in my job as a tech program manager, yes, I'm very good at doing delivery and I'm very good at stakeholder management and all that, but I may not necessarily be very good at, say, marketing. And by volunteering, I've now given myself the opportunity to learn how to promote an event, to learn how to organize one, to learn how to market it. And those skills, those skills feed into your leadership skills. Yeah, I think I totally agree with what you said, Cheryl. Uh, putting yourself out there in some of the maybe not the most comfortable situation that you would like to be in. So volunteering is one such thing. Networking events, go join some networking events which are happening. Just try to meet new people. You learn so much, you absorb so much just by being there and make yourself around the people who have positive impact in your life. You know, they will encourage you, they will push you to do your best. I think that is like very important in life. If people are trying to drag you down, that doesn't help even if you have done so many courses or whatever. But I think having people who are trying to nurture you and push you to give your best, I think that that really helps for you to move forward and have a positive impact. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for the question, Hannah. Uh, we've just got one more and I think we do have time to answer it. So I've got a question here from Nandini. What is the biggest setback you faced as a female leader in IT? Um, I can go first. <laughs> yeah, so I um, I think the biggest setback that it wasn't really a setback, but yeah, it does it does become a hurdle sort of a, that you have to navigate around uh, was like when I started my career 20 years back and um, we didn't have work from home and all of that so common those times. So when you have kids you go on leave I think that is when when your maternity leaves and that that's sort of sets you back in your career a little bit at least at that point of time that is what happened with me that yeah I, it did slow down my progress you know but things have changed ever since then I know companies are much more open they are much more uh, open in terms of parental leaves it's not only being given to the female employees even for the male employees they're encouraging them to go on parental leaves and all of that but yeah that was I think one setback that I faced in my career uh, but it's something that happened 20 years ago. <laughs> for me I think the setback is close to the theme that I've been going on about today, um, which is self-imposed, right? My setbacks are, I told myself I wasn't good enough. I told myself someone else was better. And I didn't pursue those opportunities that I would have killed it. I know it now. I know it now that I would have done an amazing job in a project or I would have aced an interview. But 
I didn't give myself that chance. And I created that setback for myself to prevent myself from becoming a female leader, but no more, no more. Now I'm going to look forward and move forward. I'm going to be brave and I'm going to pursue opportunities that suit me, that I want. I'm going to pursue those. And that is my commitment to you and to myself. Yeah, I guess final thing for me is probably just like you just said there, Cheryl, self-doubt creeping in, maybe not feeling you know, good enough for certain things and not put my hand up, not being visible. Um, just just all of these things have definitely sort of played a part throughout my career. But I think now from just constantly just reinforcing, being around some incredible females, having mentors, having role models, constantly learning, constantly developing, constantly working myself every single day, constantly working on my mindset. I think that's been absolutely crucial. Um, if I really reflect over the last 10 years, constantly working on what thoughts, beliefs, behaviors I have every single day has enabled me to make sure that I am constantly moving forward. But in the beginning, it was definitely a lack of self-belief and just really having to rewrite those thoughts and focusing on that mindset piece was absolutely crucial for me of how I guess I've been able to navigate through that and come out the other side and just have the courage to just keep going and keep showing up and keep evolving. Um, Yeah. Definitely, we've all had that self-doubt, hundred percent. I don't know anyone who hasn't experienced that in their career. I'm just wondering whether companies listening into this and listening to us very openly sharing, you know, our setbacks, can we somehow create a kind of career pathway or a growth program, you know, like a mentorship program within a company that helps grow females? understanding these limitations and helping them overcome these limitations, including people who take time off for parental leave. Um, when they come back, how do we get back, get them back onto trajectory? And I'm not saying that uh, because you've taken a year off, you should be at the same level as a person who did not take a, same, a year off. But how do we get that person back on track? I think that that is a gap missing in a lot of companies. Um, PwC definitely does that quite well with the mentorship programs and with buddying, buddy systems and with uh, that that feedback-driven culture. I think that's done pretty well, but I think more can be done in this area. I don't have the answers, but I think that we should challenge ourselves to think about what can be done. I think just, just, to, just to say, Crystal, I think this is where bigger companies like PwCs of the world will step up because then the rest of the world look up to these bigger organizations and see what they do and then we can learn from what they're doing what's working and then for the, the mid to small size businesses we can learn from these social responsibilities from these social responsibilities and go oh that worked that didn't and so i think it, it is kind of up to the sort of the bigger the big four to set the example and to lead by example. So I think what you just said then, I love hearing the fact there's a great mentorship program and that PwC doing it well. So maybe PwC could share more insights into what's working, what's not. And then I think that would help other organizations that aren't as big and maybe don't have the resources to learn and really help support females back into the workforce after having time off. Because it's huge. It's, it's such a big, um, I mean, that's a whole another hour's conversation, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's massive. And I don't, I certainly don't have the answer as well, but I would personally, as a small business owner, love to learn from a company like PwC of what's got, what is working and what's not. I think that's something that would really interest me and probably a lot of people as well. 
In Georgia, there are many programs out there who offer mentorship. Vic ICT for Women also offers something we call Mentor She. Uh, I know FIT, uh, I can't remember the acronym, female in information and technology, I think. They also offer a mentorship program as well. Invest in yourself. I think it's really important. That's something that I did for myself when I was trying to get out of my shell. I invested in a mentorship that was not tied into my company at that time. Uh, and it it helped me blossom. It really, really helped me, you know, expand my horizons. Yeah. Work, work on yeah. your self-confidence and yeah, try to be brave face the world <laughs> um thank you thank you so much aprachi georgie and cheryl i think that's all we have time for today it was such a beautiful discussion really appreciate you all taking your time uh to be here and share your thoughts and a big thank you to the audience as well for asking your questions and giving the support in the comments um so yeah until next time on the evolution exchange live thank you thank you thank you so much